Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place podcast. I am your host, Corey, and joined with me today is James and Jake. So we got both of them today. Um, so say hi, guys. How's your, how was your guys' weekend and everything? Hey, uh, this is James. Uh, my weekend was pretty great. Jake chiming in. Uh, my weekend was pretty good. Got a lot of work done around the house. Yes, adulting. <laughs> Yeah, so release is this week. A special draft format that combines every card from Innistrad Midnight Hunt and every card from Crimson Vow. So literally they took half of each set and that gets that's your pack. You get uh, four commons from each, uh, one I think it's one or two uncommons from each and two one rare from each in the pack. And they charge ten dollars for the packs, and they're the monochrome color. You guys gonna play any uh, double feature? Possibly, if I'm not too busy around the house, might be able to get over to one. What about you, James? Um, I'm yeah, I'm thinking about it. Seems like it could be fun, um, especially if uh, one of you guys go. Uh, should be. Uh, I haven't done a. a uh, release or pre-release or whatever in a while, so be nice to get back into it. Yeah, and then uh, second bit of news: uh, the Unfinity, the Space Unset, the fourth Unset, I believe it is, uh, was supposed to come out April first, but it was delayed to the second half of this year due to COVID. So we'll have to wait on that. COVID strikes again. I hate to see it. It's one of those things, though, that I'm like, eh, we could just wait. There's a lot of other sets coming out with that. I'm yeah, more I mean, interested in. An unset being uh, delayed isn't the end of the world. I mean, they're fun, sure, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Not really anything we're, like, waiting for out of it, so. Yeah, and then we had uh, two bands this week. We had Popper, and Popper was banned. Uh, a Tog, Bonders Ornament, and Prophetic Prison was banned. Uh, you guys play Popper enough to know the effects on that? Uh, that is not a set that I know very well. Or a uh, set. Uh, sorry. That is not a uh, format that I, I know very well. So uh, I'm not exactly sure personally. Yeah. So Atog made uh, Affinity super good. So they banned that. Um, the Bonders Ornament and Prophetic Prison made Tron super good in uh, Popper. Because, you know... Uh, the Tron lands are just insane as it is, and being able to play that in a set with only commons is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like let's take one of the most modern, top modern decks and turn it into a popper deck and make it super godly there. No, thank you. Yeah, so the, yeah, so they banned Expedition Map last year to make an impact, but it ended up doing very little. So now they're banning two more cards from that deck. Yeah, that's that's pretty understandable. Having a a pretty high tier deck in something like modern and popper, that I, I can see how that could be um, <laughs> rather uh, uh, rather a big issue. Yeah, and then uh, then we got a second ban a couple days later uh, for standard. They banned all runs Epiphany divided by zero and Faceless Haven. Uh, of these three cards, the only one that I honestly wanted to go was Alwyn's Epiphany because creating two bird tokens and taking an extra turn was just stupid. Like, everybody that played blue control had that in their deck. Yeah, take an extra turn in Magic is 
leave that leave that to leave that to the older formats, Commander, <laughs> Legacy, yeah, exactly. all that shit. What's the CMC on that card? Or, uh, or sorry, mana or cost. <laughs> yeah, it's seven if you just hard cast it, or you can foretell it down for two mana, and then later in the game play it for six. Yeah, taking an extra turn. That mm, yeah. I feel like the other take it extra turn cards that were like standard cards in their time were around that cost, but it still seems like it's not enough. Like well, it, it needs main, to be like less or yeah, it needs main, to be more. Yeah. My main issue is with it is that it also gives you two flying bird tokens. So it's like, Oh, take an extra turn, get two flyers. And then it's like, okay. And then on my extra turn, I'll play another one of them. Cause you can play four of these. So like, Oh, you, yeah. Standard because, like, because, like, temporal mastery was seven just to take an extra turn. I'm pretty sure you didn't do anything else, if I remember right. And that was from I can't remember what set that was. I was, I think, Avison way back, yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, take an extra turn and you get creatures on the field that fly, which is even better <laughs> in standard where it's harder to deal with stuff like that, exactly. Yeah, like. Having a board presence in standard is a pretty big deal, especially in like blue. Yeah, and then the banning of divide by zero is whatever. I really didn't have an issue with that card because it bounces something that has a value one or greater. Um, and then you get to learn, so get a lesson from outside the game into your hand. So it's basically bounce something, draw a card, basically. Uh, except for it's a card from your sideboard. Yeah, they don't really like stuff like that in standard. I yeah, it was even there to begin with. It almost sounds like a wish to me, which is kind of. I can see how that could be uh, a pretty powerful because we haven't had cards like that in a very long time. I feel. And then the last one ban was the Faithless Haven. Faithless Haven. Um, I didn't really have an issue with that because literally just everyone played it. So that's probably the reason is because every deck just played four of them because. And for and snowlands because of it, because like why wouldn't you just play a land that you can later turn into a four three vigilance? Yeah, and it doesn't have any color identity, so it's like any deck can play it. Yeah, just as long as you yeah. play snowlands, so you just play snow yeah. mountains. Which exactly. I mean, it's easy to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then legacy uh, they banned Ravigan, so they thought Ravigan was too good for legacy. So I'm surprised that they didn't hit modern with it the ban yet, but maybe they will later. Uh, but so Ra- Ravigan is super, super good and it's banned. I think that's coming. That that card is just insanely powerful. Yeah, that's very understandable. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of like a. It's like a way better version of Goblin Guide. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, it's which Goblin, sucks, Goblin yeah. Guide was freaking insane back in the day. So yeah. Yeah, it's because I mean it's literally like oh I swing damage to a player I get a treasure token exile the top card of your deck and then I could play that. Yeah, it seems good. One mana for a two one or two mana for two one haste. Yeah, that, that's 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 very powerful. And you, you just dash it in like it's just it's. It, I can't believe it lasted as long as it did in Legacy. Anything that's one mana cost for a two attack creature with haste is just gross. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, historic they banned memory lapse, which was already suspended anyway. So whatever. And they rebounce to fairy, so that's the thing they can do only on arena. So to fairy, they basically made it uh, minus. They got rid of its ultimate and made it so it's minus three instead of minus two on the second ability. Interesting. Yep. Well, what's nice though now that all of these bands went through, they're ch- cheaper for commander. I'll probably be picking up some regavan. Oh yeah. 
And then on to the finance section of the news. This week we had Frankenstein's Monster. Did you guys ever use that card? I have not. It could just be a uh, old card spike, uh, but it went up two hundred thirty percent to eighty two dollars. That's it's insane. Just, I've never, I've never even heard of that card. Is to it be just like on the reserve list? Is that like the only reason? I wonder. What sets it from? I want to say what is copyrighted is revised. Okay, it very well could just be a reserve card, a reserve list card. It's, this says it's uh, combining with Umbris and Gravestorm decks, and it is on the reserve list. Yeah, pretty much. If it's on a reserve list, it's just it's gonna go up no matter what. Pretty much. Well, especially if it's in decks, like yeah, and especially if it's played. Exactly. Yeah, and it looks like it's X and two for a zero one. That removes X creatures from the game when it comes in, and then you get a one uh, plus two plus O or plus one plus one or plus O plus two for every monster you removed. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's a weird card. You can get different kinds of counters other than plus one plus one. What's crazy is it's already on a downturn. <laughs> yeah. It's spiked up to $245, but it's still. I mean, it dropped down to the 82, but still. Right. I kind of foresee it going back down to what it was originally at. Yeah. I'm sure it'll go up and down a bit. Um, and then Elvish Reclaimer has shot up 25% to $6 uh, due to Legacy and Modern playing. This is a, a good card, either in the main deck or the sideboard for, like, land or for. Uh, what's it called, elves decks and stuff, because you can, you know, sacrifice the Reclaimer to get a Caracas or a Bajookabog right at instant speed. Yeah, that's nice. Anything that has to do with land is always good, especially at instant speed. And then Helm of Possession is up to 10 bucks, up 36%. Which honestly, I don't think it's that good of a card, but again, it's yeah. a card that steals shit. It's just one of the, I feel like that's like one of like the original like you could take your opponent's shit card. Right. So that's probably why. And uh you know at the all time low right now is Mana Farm Hellkite, so if you need that dragon for any of your decks from Crimson Vow, it's down to six bucks right now. Get it for your dragons, Corey. <laughs> yep. Alright, so we like to do the top five cards. Not including power or dual lands. Uh, this set that we're doing this week does I don't believe has any power or dual lands. So we're doing Arabian Nights. Ooh, nice. So if you guys had to guess, what is the most expensive card in Arabian Nights? Oh God, I don't even know what even all the cards are even in Arabian Nights. <laughs> Basic Mountain. <laughs> oh wait, no, is that the, the mountain? The mountain is three hundred sixty dollars from Arabian Nights. Is that the one that has the Mount Fuji Mountain? It's the no. only mountain in the set. Oh, okay. Because I know, I know there's, I know there's one it's, set that has like the, the Mount Fuji one that's worth a like crap ton. I don't know which set that is though. Well, that's the Pacific land, the Asia Pacific lands. Oh, okay. Those are completely different. This one, uh, mountain was the only basic land that was in Arabian Nights. Yeah, they were supposed to have no basic lands in the set, and they misprinted a mountain in there. 
Oh. So only basic land in the set, and that's why it took like three hundred dollars. Yeah. I so I would have to say either Bazaar of Baghdad or Library of Alexandria. I mean, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So the those cards are insane. Yeah, Bazaar. Bazaar uh, TCG median right now is four thousand dollars. Damage yeah. average is two grand. God, you could freaking buy a a mox with that. <laughs> Well, if you if you play uh, Dredge and Vintage, hold on to your bazaars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah hold on to them. They're going to they're going to keep going up. And then number two is Library. Um, yep, it was one of the two I was going to say for my one or one two. Average market price two thousand. Uh, medium for good median for good condition is almost eight thousand dollars. Damn. And uh, John's kicking himself for selling that for two grand. Dude, I know. <laughs> another another uh, John kicking himself for buying the drop of honey. Yep, I know. He cannot get rid of. That's got to be somewhere I think he list. still freaking has it, too. I don't the, think he's ever gotten rid of, of that. Dude. The, top, the drop of honey's in the top ten. It's like 700 bucks. Yeah, yeah, but no one wants it because it's worthless. It's just worth it's money. It's not a good card. That's why. It's just worth money because it's in that damn set. Alright, any idea what the third card is? <laughs> uh, yeah, outside of uh, those, I really don't know. I could take a guess, but I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Wazam Jin? Oh, Juzam Jin? Yeah. yeah. Two for a 5-5. Five, five, two mana for a 5-5 five, five that you yep. take a damage every upkeep. 1700 bucks. Nice. Uh, the because fourth it's... one is, uh, uh, the land Diamond Valley, which is sacrifice a creature, gain life equals toughness on a land. So it's like a better version of uh, High Market. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth card is Guardian Beast, which is one or three in a black for a 2 4 that as long as it's untapped, the non creature artifacts you control can't be enchanted, have indestructible, and other players can't gain control of them. This effect doesn't remove auras already attached. That's whack. What's or pretty crazy <laughs> is, you know, most of those are land, too. Yeah. Like, obviously. Six, six and that follows the Magic the Gathering, uh, you know, typical trope. If, it's, if it does something with mana, it's usually worth money. Yep. You, yeah, old lands are great. And uh, I think this is also the set that had that Islands of Whack Whack. Yes. This set has a lot of good stuff. If you are someone with a whole complete set of this, it's worth like a few thousand dollars. Multiple thousands. Multiple tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you could buy like multiple Power Nine, basically. If you had the full set, you could probably buy all the Power Nine. That's just insane to think about. Oh my god. Cool. So I mean, you have to buy like revised versions, probably. Or, well. Yeah, you're, you're probably not going to yeah. buy alpha versions of them, but you can probably get your hands on them. Yeah. All right, so the main phase this week, since we have everybody on the show, we're going to do magic trivia. Uh, so I'm going to ask, who wants to start? I'll ask one of you the first question, and if you get it wrong, then it'll pass the other person to get a chance to get it, and whoever gets the most right uh, gets the point, or gets a point if you get it right, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. Jake, you want to start? 
Um, we'll let you go first, James. All right. All right. So question one. Um, this this is the theme of this is the from Magic's twenty fifth anniversary. So. Ah, okay. All right. So when Richard Garfield first approached Wizards to sell the game, it wasn't called Magic. What game would Liz- Wizards later produced uh, that Richard was initially pitching? So, so like pitching a game that wasn't Magic originally when they first went to the Wizards was there's a multiple choice here. Oh, okay. A yeah. is Filthy Rich. B is the Great Dalamudi. C is Robo Rally, or D is Twitch. Oh God. Okay. Um. Uh, read those again. The the answers. Filthy Rich, Great Dalamudi, Robo Rally, or Twitch. Uh, I'm gonna go with B. That's incorrect. So, Jake, you want to try and steal the point? I'm stealing this point because I know because I've read a lot of information and watched um, documentaries about Richard Garfield, and it's going to be C. Robo Rally. Yep. So it's Robo Rally was the game they originally pitched. So Jake's got one point, and now it's Jake's turn to be read the the question first. So Jake, in their first press announcement about their upcoming trading card game, Wizards of the Coast didn't refer to the game as Magic the Gathering. What was it called? It would rather become the name of a Magic card. Was it called Mana Bond, Mana Bloom, Mana Clash, or Mana Flare? Bing, 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 point number two to Jake. It's going to be C, Mana Clash. It is Mana Clash. I swear to God, I'm not looking at the answers. (laughs) Jake studied for this shit. I I know. Oh, I didn't study. I just... Just no. I've, I've I've learned a lot about magic over the years, and keep stupid, crazy, random trivia stuck in my head. All right, so now it's uh, James's turn to uh, get the question first here. So James, uh, question number three is: uh, Magic first went on sale at a convention in the summer of 1993. What convention was it? Dragon Con, Gen Con, Orc Con, or Origins Con? Jeez, there's cons? Like, all these are actual cons? What the heck? <laughs> uh, I gotta say Dragon Con. That sounds like the coolest one. That's incorrect. Ah, darn. I do. It was Gen Con. Yeah, that's actually the only con of those that I've even heard of. It, yeah, it's... I honestly I've never haven't heard of, of any of them. <laughs> I think some of the answers were thrown in there to push you off of what the answer was, maybe. It said the cards technically did first appear at the Origins Con, but they were just for demonstration purposes, and the first one to have them for sale was Gen Con. Um, before it started, they had delivered the first shipment of 6,000 Magic cards that had been sold to distributors. So, Interesting information to know. All right, so now it is uh, Jake's turn to get the question first. In, in limited edition Alpha, Artist Mark Poole submitted an illustration for a dual land, but it ended up being made into its own card instead of being the dual land. What card was it? Birds of Paradise, Fast Bond, Wild Growth, or Island Sanctuary? So Wild Growth looks like it could be a dual land. That Birds of Paradise looks like, you know, it looks like the, uh, is it Volcanic Island? 
So I'm going to go with Birds of Paradise. Yeah, that is the correct answer is Birds of Paradise. Uh, oh, really? It says when, when he turned it in, Mark turned it in, Richard uh, Scarfield saw it when it came in, thought the bird was too prominent, but he liked the art. So he built a brand new card around the bird. And then later, you know, Mark Poole also made Tropical Island art. That's basically similar to that. Um, it looks similar to Volcanic Island, too. Yeah, so Tropical Island is what he was supposed to do that art for, but then um, he ended up doing a different dual land art, which ended up being Volcanic Island. So, so yeah. In- he interesting. Drew, yeah, so he actually drew it to be Tropical Island, but then it ended up being coming, like the zoomed-in version of it. So that if you look at Volcanic Island, the island in the background of Birds of Paradise is basically what Volcanic Island is now. So it's kind of cool more you know all right so james you're trying to get one first ready here you got to get on the board here i know (laughs) all right so at the end of the summer in 1994 what card had more copies in existence than any other card was it a tog dark ritual grizzly bears or stone rain uh it has to be grizzly bears right that's incorrect. Really? Wow. Uh, Jake, you want to make a guess? When was Burn originally formatted? What do you mean? When did they start making the classical Burn decks? Probably. I mean, Mono Red's been a thing forever. So, like, you know... Like Lightning Bolt's been a thing forever. So, originally. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with... I, I've seen James's dead grandpa magic box and it has a lot of dark rituals in it, but it just doesn't seem like that because there was a lot of fast, there was a lot of fast mana at that time. It's not grizzly bears, which I initially thought I'm going to go with a tog. Yeah. The answer is a tog. Really? The tog was the most print because uh revised edition was the most popular at the time. A tog had uh, been in Revised and Antiquities and Arabian Nights. Oh, geez. Well, the rest have only been in one other set. Well, that makes sense. I was about to say, Grizzly Bears has been reprinted so many times. I guess it wasn't much back then. But, like, in 1994, though. like Yeah, so, uh, like, in 94, Legends had just come out, basically. So it was, you know, the fifth, sixth set of Magic. It would be interesting to see which one has the most copies in existence now. Right. Yeah, now I'd probably I'd, I'd put money on Dark Rid or Grizzly Bears. Yeah, Dark Rid has been reprinted many times as well. well yeah, about somebody that. that's listening can look that up and comment it on the show because I don't know. Yeah, if someone wants to look that up for us and find out, that'd be awesome. <laughs> a big catalog to go through. <laughs> All right, so uh, next Jake's first here. So 1995, Ice Age premiered uh, the new tweet the new tweet white mana symbol. What card, because it was printed as a preview promo, has the distinct honor of being the only card ever printed with both versions of the white mana symbol? So it has the old one and then the new revised one that we have today. Was it Elvish Healer, uh, Keldhorn Sky Knight, Prismatic Ward, or Warning? I have no clue on this one. Um, I guess they say to go with C. If, if you're just picking I random... that's the correct answer. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So it's Prismatic Ward. 
Prismatic Ward interesting. Yep. Maybe, maybe they maybe see though James went with C on Grizzly Bears last time and it was wrong. Yeah, right. But I, if you have no clue, I guess you have to go with C. So the funny thing is, by today's uh, criteria, that would have been a really bad choice for the preview promo. But for Ice Age, the preview promo was Prismatic Ward. Yeah, definitely right, not the uh, promo that I would have uh, thought in that set. <laughs> right. All right, so question seven is starting with James here. So you can get on the board finally here. So Mirage is Maro. So you know the card Maro from Mirage? Yes. Uh, is one of the few pieces of art not originally illustrated for a magic card. What did the artist Stuart Griffin call the original painting for Maro? Was it called Earth Father, Force of Nature, The Green Man, or King of the Jungle? Oh, God. It's got to be like one of those. Um. Is it Earth Father? That is incorrect. Jake, you Damn. I'm sure you saw me mouthing it over video. It's Green Man. Yeah, the Green Man is what it was. But all of these could be true. Like when you look at the art, you could see it being called any of those. Yeah. I mean, I can't. The only one I, I don't do really you, feel, but. The only one I couldn't see it being, at, if any, is Force of Nature. Yeah, because that's already a card. That's a card, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the answer is Green Man. Um, so now it goes over to Jake. Uh, question eight. Uh, how many cards came in the, the original Alliance's booster pack? Eight, 10, 12, or 15? No clue. Going with C. Uh, C's right again. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, I know I know the old packs had less cards in them, but I no clue. Jake's over here eight for eight. I know, right? <laughs> Guessing C. No, I'm not. I'm not eight for eight. <laughs> yeah, you are. You got eight points. What the hell? Because you stole it all James's points. Well. I mean, granted, you had a better chance of guessing on the ones that James got wrong. Well, yeah, you go with C, and then I've the ones that I've guessed C has been right. Maybe James should just start guessing C. I know. <laughs> all right. And then, so now James, here you go here. So question nine. Which of the following uh, things didn't first appear in the unglued magic set? Was it coin flipping, creature token cards, full art lands, or referencing multiplayer play in the rules text? Uh, I know what the unglued lands look like. Would those be considered full art? Because they're like weird. Um, so the lands are the lands were weird, but they're not like the full card. Tech. I'm gonna say full art lands. All right, that's incorrect. Oh my god, seriously. <laughs> Jake, try and steal. Well, C's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, James, those did first appear in Unglued and they were full art. 
Yeah, so they considered those lands full art. Obviously. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because I'm like, I, I, they, they weren't full art by today's terms, but they were, I guess, they were specialty or whatever. Yeah, um, I was, I'm assuming by the question that they all were in unglued. Yeah, all of the um, abilities were unglued. It's just which one appeared before unglued. Multiplayer rules in the text? It's not right. So there's yeah. coin flipping. There was a card that referenced coin flipping before in Arabian Nights. Oh. oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. All right, so question 10. This is going to start with Jake here. Urza's Legacy was the first set to have which of the following in its booster packs? Collector's numbers, copyright dates, rarity symbols, or premium foil versions of the cards? Um, <sighs> I, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's not rarity symbols going with my C answers. Uh, I feel like those were before Urza's Legacy. And the copyright dates were obviously there. So I... I foil? Is that when Foil started? Yeah, that's correct. That's when Foil started. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't know exactly when Foil started, so... Because... Copyright started in Legends, Collector's Numbers, and Rarity started in Exodus. Because Kratos foil, and that's from that set. Oh yeah, I suppose that makes sense then. I didn't know I, I know I didn't know which set exactly it was uh, was the first. I thought Kratos was from Urza Saga. Or oh it is from oh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. Well, well, judge technically. Promo is why yeah. it's foil. It's the right block, but it's just the wrong yeah. set. So technically yeah. there isn't you can't pull a foil cradle. In the set, you have to have the judge promo. Oh, okay, so that I was one of the first difference. times they reprinted a reserve list card, and everyone got uh, made a stink about it. Mm-hmm. All right, so now yeah, I was going to say like they the rarity symbol started in like fifth edition, I think is what it was. So which was yeah, Exodus, way before that. Was, probably the expansion set before that. Um, so, James, what appears fully or partially on the art of every kicker spell in the set Invasion? Oh, jeez. Is it a collation symbol, a Phyrexian symbol, a Planeswalker symbol, or the Weatherlight? Uh, what was the last answer? The Weatherlight. Every art of a kicker card? Yeah, so in every artwork of a kicker spell, there's either a collation symbol, a Phyrexian symbol, a Planeswalker symbol, or the Weatherlight. Oh my goodness. Which I honestly um, didn't even know that this was a thing. So now no, I didn't either. And I'm, I'm usually paying attention to art in the cards. So I'm just like, what the heck? This is a thing? Um, I'm going to say the Planeswalker symbol? No, that's incorrect. You want to steal, chance to steal, Jake? Uh, well, C's gone again, so let me try to deduce here. 
So Phyrexian symbol, I would assume, wasn't, because that would be in, like, New Phyrexia or Phyrexia or whatever. Uh, Weatherlight is also its own set, and Planeswalker is gone, so it's got to be Coalition. Yeah, so it's the Coalition symbols in every one of them. I mean, just by deducing, like, if Planeswalker, if that's not it, the other two yeah, are their own sets. Up, yeah. So it shows up in the art of all the Hicker spells, and it's represented for them kicking, fighting back against the Phyrexians. Says Wizards has learned over time the difficulty of lining up a mechanic with a popular callout in the art makes it very hard to add or remove the mechanic late in design. So it's not something they do anymore. So that was the last set that did that. Um, Another so, question for the audience: How many other sets did that? Right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to start with Jake on this one. Which card in Odyssey? Used art commissioned for a card that was never published in Unglued 2. So there originally was going to be an Unglued 2, which they never did. Uh, what artwork from that was for that set made it into a real card? Was it a Togatog, Cultural Exchange, Elephant Ambush, or Squirrel Nest? I mean, I got to go with a Togatog because a Tog is a card. And if that was a card they maybe they were going to go for two atogs i don't know yeah it is a togatog and when you look at the art for togatog it kind of looks like it belongs in an unset where all the rest of them in the options look like normal artworks yeah i actually have that card and it is very weird looking (laughs) and it's also a five color card which back then was very rare to find yeah all right so now we're starting with james here so uh torment is the set where one color, black, had the highest percentage of a card color ever in a set. Of the 143 cards, what percentage of the set was black? 28%, which would be 40 cards. 32%, which would be 45 cards. 35%, which would be 50 cards. Or 38%, which would be 55 cards. Um, out of 145, you said? Out of 143. 143. Um, so, like, normally one-fifth of the set, you know, would be, like, 29 cards is what they usually do. So, for some reason, this set had way more. I'll say 35%. That's incorrect. Do you want to try to steal, Jake? James taking all the C answers, and now I have no clue. <laughs> uh, 32%. That's also wrong. It's 28%, so the, so 40 cards. Uh, it says uh, they've learned that one of the lessons they learned over the 20 years is you don't need to change much to change everything. So having exactly one-fifth of 143 cards set is what they do now, which would be 29 cards. So the fact that black had 40, which is more than normal, uh, was a small shift in why black became really popular in that time, and that set had a lot of good black cards. That oh, crazy. Sense. That make, makes sense. Yeah, because I remember there being a lot of... That was like a big player base back then. All right, so now we're going back to Jake here. What evergreen keyword was first introduced in the set Legions? Was it Haste, Double Strike, Flash, or Vigilance? Uh, Slivers. Uh, Double Strike. That's correct. Are you kidding me? The first time Double Strike appeared was in Legions. 
No way. Yeah. It was uh, actually created by someone. Uh, they did a poll called someone submit mechanics for you make the card. And uh, it wasn't appropriate for someone who turned in a green creature card, but they liked that ability, so they ended up making it a. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I legions, and I was thinking slivers, and I'm like, haste doesn't make sense because I feel like that's haste has been around forever. Yeah. <laughs> Flash seems like it was like later, and vigilance. I vigilance don't know. was I, like yes. Yeah, so vigilance was wasn't an actual keyword until like way later. Yeah, so it says haste premiered. A long time early before Legions in sixth edition, uh, the Flash keyword came up in Time Spiral, and Vigilance premiered in Champions of Kamigawa. Yeah, because I know, like even like seventh edition, they were saying like you know, tacking does not cause this to to tap. <laughs> right. Interesting. Right, so now we're off to James's turn here. See if you can get on the board. Uh, so some people consider Champions of Kamigawa to have 306 cards. Some consider it to have 307 cards. Why is this? A, one card has two pieces of different, so two pieces of art, so two artworks. B, the starter game at the time was considered part of the set and had one mechanically unique card. C, there was a typo fixed in the second printing. Or D, there was a unique Champions of Kamigawa promo card made that was given away only at Grand Prix. Um, the Kamigawa was that the set that had that two piece card? I'm trying to think because I know that was a thing in somewhere. I don't think it, it had the flip cards. I don't think it had that though. Um, I'm going to say uh, there was a promo, D. So that's incorrect. So, Jake, you want to try to steal? Yeah, it was the card that had two pieces of art. Yeah, it was. The two. Oh. It, was the, it was the two brothers, and they were facing the opposite way. Yeah, so it's the exact Oh, same my God, card. really? They just printed one with the guy facing right and one with the guy facing left. Yeah, it was like literally the So it's the same card, but it's like one artwork of each brother. Yeah, they, it's literally mechanically the exact same card, same wording, same mana cost. Just the art was the two brothers facing the opposite ways. Well, I did not know that. Yeah, it said this little gag they did ended up costing them a lot more money than planned. Uh, inadvertently required adding the ex- whole extra printing sheets. It said had they known this ahead of time, they would have never done it. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought you were going to uh, get that chance because you mentioned the card with different art. So I was like. Oh, he's got it. <laughs> All right, so now uh, over to Jake to start here. Uh, which legendary creature was the protagonist of Ravnica City of Guilds, the novel? Was it Argus Cause, Sav- Savra, Seasdeck, or Tolismir? I have no clue. I've, the only book I've ever read was Brothers War, so I'll see. That's incorrect. James, you want to try and steal? Uh, is it Tolsmere? It is not. Fuck. Argus Cause. That was like the only one that I like knew of. I haven't heard those other names at all. Well, deck I used to have a commander deck of, the mill guy. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if Argus Cause or Savra are cards. They probably are. but 
I mean, they have to be if they're in the novels, but yeah, I don't remember playing them like, at all. <laughs> all right, so now uh, James's turn to start here. Uh, including including time-shifted cards, how many non-evergreen keyword or ability words mechanics appeared in Time Spiral? Does that make sense? So what does what does evergreen mean exactly? <laughs> so evergreen is like vigilance, whatever. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I figured. Out of out of vigilance and all that, <laughs> like vigilance, haste, whatever. Yeah. How many cards had text on them that was that is that ability, but wasn't evergreen keyword yet? Oh God. Okay. So how many cards in that set had that? So they had the whole long text instead of the yeah. Keyword? Uh, in time spiral, was it seven, nine, eleven, or thirteen? I'm gonna say nine. That's incorrect. Jake, you want to try and steal? Uh C eleven. That's also incorrect. So it's actually thirteen. Oh Jeez. wow! So it's actually Damn. thirteen non-evergreen keywords that now are, and that was uh, buyback, echo, flanking, flashback, kicker, madness, morph, rampage, shadow, split second, storm, suspend, and threshold. That's insane. I had no idea they had that many back then. Yeah. So those are uh, keywords that they use, but they're not like evergreen to appear. Right. Like I can't believe they they referenced like split second way back then. Like what the hell. Okay, uh, question 18. Uh, So Jake is first on this one. Which was the first future shifted card from Future Sight to see its initial printing in a later set? So basically it was in Future Sight and then it actually got printed later. Because like the Future Sight is supposed to be predicting the future. So was it... Bold Weir Intimidator, Mistress Meadow Skulk, Nessian Corsair, or Professor Prosperescent Feast. Phosphorescent Feast, and I don't think it's that. I'm going to go with C, Nessian Corsair. That's incorrect. James, you want to okay. go uh, What were the other choices? Bold Wire Intimidator, Bold Weir Intimidator, Miss um, Meadow Skulk, or phosphorescent feast. Um. Uh, let's see. Intimidator. Yeah, that's correct. You got yes, finally. That's the whole uh, cowards camp. Oh yeah, that card is fantastic. Yeah. James is on the board. I finally answered something right. Mark and a comeback. <laughs> yeah, he's got one point. Woo. One whole point. <laughs> All right, so question starting with James this time. So discounting any future shifted cards from Future Sight, Shards of Alara introduced a number of things to standard legal sets. Which one of the following was it not the first to do? So was it artifacts requiring colored mana symbols in the costs, basic land slot in every booster pack, mythic rare cards, the start of Planeswalker appearing in every standard legal set? Uh, Planeswalkers, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Planeswalkers. Yeah, because that was Lorwyn. Lorwyn, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm pretty sure Lorwyn was before Alara. 
or Zendikar, I guess. But <laughs> Floram is the first Planeswalker. Zendikar is where they started. Yeah, Chandra was the first one, if I remember right. Um, and then question twenty. So now we're over to Jake. Which character who appears in Zendikar, which was originally created to appear in the Duels of the Planeswalker video game, was it Iona, Lorthos, Nisa, or Soren? So, how many points do I have right now? Seventeen. I have seventeen points. You have like all the points. Okay, so James can't <laughs> come back. Yeah, James win. can't come back. I know this one because I played the shit out of this video game. Uh, Nisa. Yeah. yeah, it's Nisa. Those games were pretty sick back in the day. I mean, they were they were pretty basic, but they were fun for sure. Right, Especially so, since we didn't have a uh, arena back then. Uh, prior to the okay, so James, prior to the release of Scars of Mirrodin, how many cards in Magic could give a player poison counters? Was it nine, twelve, fifteen, or eighteen? Hmm. So obviously, Scars is where they put a lot of poison. <laughs> Apparently, so. Uh, I'll say twelve. Incorrect. Jake, you want to try to steal? I want to try to steal, uh, but I don't know. So I'm going to go with C again, 15. That's also correct. So it's nine. Oh, okay. Uh, there were nine cards game. before Scars that made poison counters. They were Pit Scorpion, Serpent Generator, Marsh Viper, Crypt Cobra, Sabertooth Cobra, some word I can't pronounce, and then Assassin. Swamp <laughs> Mosquito, Snake Cult Initiation, and Verlant Sliver, and Leeches. What a surprise. Corey can't pronounce a card. I know, right? <laughs> I love how great Corey is a reading. It's like Suckata or some shit. I don't know. It's like an apostrophe. How, I knew. how is it spelled? S-U-Q apostrophe A-T-A. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird name. I, I would go with Suckata or Sukata. Yeah. I do remember Pit Scorpion being a thing. I think I actually have one of those in my dead grandpa yeah, box. I remember, I remember the sliver too that gives all slivers poison. Yeah. Which that's just disgusting. <laughs> all right. So now we're on to Jake. So you start this one. The design of which Innistrad double faced card was not inspired by a specific classic horror story film? Was it Civilized Scholar? Cloistered Youth, Delver of Secrets, or Ludwig's Test Subject? So let's try to guess what classic horror stories uh, slash films <laughs> these were based off of. So my first is Ludwig's Test Subject. I'm going to go with that's like Frankenstein. Um, that's just my guess. Uh, Delver of Secrets, Insectal Aberration... That seems like it, I don't. I have no idea. Cloistered youth, unholy fiend, no idea. Um, civilized scholar, homicidal brute. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go with cloistered youth and unholy fiend. So that's incorrect. So we're gonna steal. Well, the first one sounds like Jekyll and Hyde. So it's got to be Delver. So that's also incorrect. What? Really? 
This says that civilized scholar, homicide brute, James was right, is inspired by Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, the cloistered youth, unholy fiend, was their take on a possessed child. Um, Delver was inspired by a science experiment gone wrong, and Ludwig was playing an archetypal horror space, but wasn't like actually based on a specific story. Okay, but, I mean that makes sense for like Frankenstein, though, doesn't it? it Test does, subject yeah. and abomination. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It definitely does, which is. They could. That definitely threw. That definitely threw me off. When they were designing it, they didn't think about that. (laughs) Frankenstein. (laughs) So. All right, and then question twenty-three. So this is uh, James here. Uh, Which of the following images does not appear on an RTR booster pack? Oh God! Okay, I have to take way back here. Corzota Guild Mage Nibmazet. Or Rox Mati. What was the first one? Course of Might. Course of Might. God, I, I can't even remember what these like pieces of art even looked like. It's been so long since I looked at RTR. Uh, I'm pretty sure Nivmas that was, but I'll go with uh Okay, what were, what were the... Uh, do the do the answers again. Course of Might, Corsada Guildmage, Niv-Mazet, and Rixmati. I'm going to go with D. So that's incorrect. So, Jake, you got a guess? I have a guess. I don't know if it's on the right track or not. But, so, it's not D. It's not Niv-Mazet. And I so all of these uh, our return to Ravnica was the its guilds and stuff, and all of those Karazda Guild Mage, Niv Mizzet, and Rix Mati all are guilds. So I would assume like they'd be on the booster. So I am going with Chorus of Might because it's the only one that's not a guild yeah, color. The, that's the correct answer. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so the packs were the Guild Mage, uh, the new Prov Guild Mage, Nibizit, Rixmati, and Vitugazi Guild Mage. So all the Guild Mages and then Nibizit were the five booster pack. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, so now we start with Jake here. Uh, which creature type combination does not show up in Gate Crash? Is it Crocodile Frog, Human Ooze, Cyclops Warrior, or Spirit Advisor? The only one that doesn't make any sense to me is Crocodile Frog. That's, that's incorrect. Yeah. So that's not the answer. So, James, James, you want to try and steal? Yeah. What were the other answers? So, Crocodile Frog, Human Use, Cyclops, Warrior, Spirit Advisor, which does not appear on a card. Uh, In Gate Crash. Human Advisor? That's wrong. I mean, it's Spirit Advisor is the, the answer, but Human Advisor doesn't probably doesn't show up. But it's not one of the choices. <laughs> Sorry, the, the Advisor card. Yeah, Spirit Advisor is wrong. So a Cyclops Warrior that doesn't show up. Oh, okay. So the Crocodile Frog is on a common card. It's a it's called Crocanura, uh, which is a Reach One Three and Evolve creature. It's a common. And then Experiment One was the Human Ooze. Uh, Obzet is the spirit advisor. Remember Obzet? The one mm-hmm. that chooses his commander. 
And yeah, Mitch is, Mitch is commander for... Yeah, and then it was kind of a trick question because there's no Cyclops warrior, but there is a Fortress Cyclops, which is a Cyclops soldier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now we start with uh, James here. So which two Theros gods are twins? Oh, jeez. Okay. Is it Aethrios and Crufix, Erebos and Heliod, Erios and Magus, or Karametra and Kratos? Um, I gotta go B. The Erebos and Heliod? Yeah. That's incorrect. Ah, damn. Okay. Jake, you want to try and steal? Yeah, Erois and Mogus. Yeah, they're both gods of war, so they're twins. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I was thinking like the yin and yang kind of thing, but yeah, yeah. that's what Erebos Heliod would be. Yeah, because I know they're black and white. Another thing would be to think, you know, Karametra and Karanos are both Ks, but that seems too easy. Yeah. All right, so question 26, we'll start with Jake here. Uh, there's a creature in Dragons of Takir that is almost identical to a creature's in Cons of Takir, with just one minor tweak. What is that tweak? A few images were added to the art. They changed the creature type. It gained a power. One of its generic mana became a colored mana. I have no clue because this is at the point I was taking a break, but I'm going to guess C. That's incorrect. Yeah. So James. Yeah, I was I was also taking a break during this time, honestly. Uh, well, what were the other three uh, answers? Uh, some images were added to the art. They changed the creature type, or one of its generic mana became a colored mana. I'm going to say D. Also incorrect. Damn. So okay. it's, uh, they just added some images to the art. Okay. Oh, I was uh, so, in, so the card is Summit Prowler. If you look at it in cons, it's a 4-3 for 4 Yeti with mountains in the background. If you look at it in dragons, it's a Summit Prowler, 4 for a 4-3 Yeti with mountains in the background and some dragons chasing it. So it's literally the exact okay, same then. cards <laughs> with a few dragons in the background. Because I know they've changed mana costs like colors before, so I was thinking maybe that was it. But... Yeah, I'm sure they do stuff like that all the time. They just decided to print uh, the same card two sets in a row instead. Yeah, I mean they they do that. The art I mean they do that with like like uh, uh, cultivate and uh, Kodama's Reach is exactly the same card. It's just a different name, literally. That's the only difference. All right, so now uh, James, we start with you on this here. What is the greatest number of energy symbols to appear on one card in Kaladesh? Oh my is it God. Nine, eleven, fourteen, or sixteen? Crap, what an all was in Kaladesh. I didn't really play that set. Um I'm gonna go with eleven. That's incorrect. Damn. So Jake, your chance to steal. I feel like I vaguely remember this and like I heard it somewhere, and I'm gonna guess fourteen. Yeah, it is fourteen. Uh, okay. Either Torch Renegade had fourteen energy symbols on it. So when you enter, you gain four, and then it has pay two, deal one damage, 
or pay one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, deal six damage to a player or planeswalker. Jeez, that just that's insane. That's so obnoxious. <laughs> and then there's also a card that has eleven and nine, but no card that has sixteen. Alright, so now t- Jake's turn to be first here at the as the, as of the end of twenty seventeen. In how many different sets could you open a full art land in a booster pack? Six, seven, eight, or nine? Oh, this really separates the men from the boys, huh? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, and the funny thing is 2017 was before nowadays where it's in every set. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> um, let me try to think of all of them. So you got the unglued sets that are in every single one of those. You got the Oath of the Gatewatch and the Battle for Zendikar. Is it six? Six is incorrect. Okay. James chance to steal. Uh, so it was seven, nine, or something. Seven, eight, or nine. Seven, eight, or nine. Um, I'm gonna say seven. It's also incorrect. It's nine. Nine. So at the time really? in 2017, it was unglue, unhinged, unstable. So that's three unhinged sets. Yeah. Zendikar, Battle for Zendikar, World Wake, Oath of the Gatewatch, Amonkhet, and Hour of Devastation. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm guessing the Amonkhet. I forgot about those other two. two. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I forgot they made, they did those those uh, Nico Bolas ones and whatnot. Ah, right. Crap, forgot about those. I didn't know what time those had came out. Prior twenty seventeen, apparently. apparently. I, knew, like, I knew there was all the uns, the un, the three unsets, and like all like the Zendikar ones. I was like, "What the hell else is there?" <laughs> oh, I forgot about those the Egyptian shit. Like, <laughs> again, I didn't really play those sets that much, so I don't. I forget like what's in them. All right, so James, it is now time for you to do a question first here. So if you wanted a chance to hold in your hand the same artifact that Squee is holding in his hand on his Dominaria card, what set would you have to purchase? Apocalypse, Tempest, Mercadian Masks, or Urza's Destiny? Oh, jeez. And, uh, say the answers one more time. Apocalypse, Tempest, Mercadian Masks, or Urza's Destiny? Uh, I'm going to say Apocalypse. That's incorrect. So Jake's chance to steal. Sticking with artifacts, and he's holding an artifact, Urza's Destiny. That's also incorrect. So the correct okay. answer is Tempest. So it says Squee is holding his toy, Squee's toy. First scene, that card is in Tempest. In the story, Squee accidentally activates his toy, unaware of what it does, and saves the day while in the death pits of wrath. See, that's funny, because I do remember that card being a thing way back when. I just, I could not remember what set it was in. Yeah, Yeah. so it's Tempest. It's a mana, it's a one mana artifact that taps to prevent the damage. Yeah, it's (laughs) (laughs) whoop-de-doo. I know it was something stupid, but yeah. All right, so Jake, you get the last question here. Uh, in how many languages 
is magic currently printed? 10, 11, 12, or 13? Oh, God. Who really knows this? I mean, I'm sure there's some people, but... <laughs> eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. 11. 11's correct. Hey. Wow. <laughs> so wow. It's kind of a trick question, too, because two of them are... So it's Chinese simplified, Chinese traditional. It's two of them. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and then English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. Why is that a trick question? Because Chinese there's two Chinese. So I mean, that makes sense. Chinese would be 10. Yeah. Oh, I suppose. I guess eeny, meeny, miny, moe worked once. All right, so, okay. Jake, um, let's see. You had about about 25, correct, probably? Wow. Yeah, like all of them okay. correct. <laughs> uh, so it says here they got to add up your scores, see what you did. So if you have one to nine correct, you have a lot to learn about magic trivia, James. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> 50, 10 to 15, you've obviously been paying some attention. 16 to 20, you're starting to show some potential. 21 to 24, you're pretty decent. Uh, 25 to 27, very good. Morrow's impressed. Uh, 28 to 29, you have magic trivia skills and 30 correct. Uh, Morrow bows down to you. I don't know. I feel like, so 25, right? Yeah. Very good, and Morrow is impressed with me. I feel like that's just as good as him bowing down to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I've just, I picked up a lot of knowledge. I, you know me, I have a very good trivia mind. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not good at multiple choice anyway, so I'm not surprised. Well, I got a lot of I got a lot of help from guessing C. Yeah, you guess <laughs> C a lot, and it paid off for you very well. But oh, there's there's a lot of that stuff that I just didn't know. Well, see, they say if you're taking a multiple choice test and you guess seven, if you guess C for all of them, you're it's some like random number where you get like sixty percent of the answers right. Some weird stat that makes it so you'll have most of the answers right. Yeah. And maybe not most, but a certain amount, you know. So. All right. So now we're going to go on to our segments here. So. <laughs> Corey's crazy card. Corey's crazy card segment this week is Sharazad. Char- God, I can't even pronounce the card. <laughs> Come on, Corey. It's your card. <laughs> Shahrazad. It's just Shahrazad. All right, Shahrazad. We'll have to end all that shit out. No, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. We're gonna leave it in. All right, Shahrazad, uh, which is a white and a white for two mana sorcery. Players play a magic sub game using their decks and libraries as their decks. Each player who doesn't win the sub game loses half their life. Round it up. So that card's crazy because you literally just play a sub game in the middle of your game. And then go back to what you were doing. Oh, God. It's banned in a lot of formats. Yeah, I can see why. I would love to play that card. <laughs> like, just make it okay in our commander play group and just everyone runs it. That would be fun. Yeah, so next we got uh, Sleepy Sweeper. Sleepy Sweeper this week is going to be. Since last week we talked, or last episode we talked about Damnation, I'm going to go with the obvious next choice, uh, Wrath of God. It's basically the white Damnation. Uh, same cost, except for t- it's two whites, and it's a board wipe. 
And why not talk about Wrath of God if you're talking about Damnation? Yeah, I think it was one of the first four waves ever printed, too. Yeah, most likely. Uh, yeah, that does make sense. All right, and then we got James's Jungle. What is your jungle card this week, James? James's Jungle. Uh, all right, this week, uh, this is <laughs> technically, I'm going a little off brand here because it's, uh, it's technically green and white, but it's still in this it's it's, it's the the you know half half symbol from Shadowmore but uh it is a uh, Will Leaf Liege because it is a very good card especially if you are running both green and white um it costs 4 4 a 4 4 which in itself is you know good good stats um and then uh, of course uh it gives other green creatures plus 1 plus 1 and other white creatures plus 1 plus 1 um, and then if they, of course, happen to, uh, identify with both the colors, they could technically get plus two, plus two. So, um, a very good status effect. And then it also, um, basically, um, avoids things like thought seas and whatnot, because if it was to be discarded, you just play it for free. So overall, it is a very good card, um, and it's very versatile and it, it's, for you know what it is and what uh, how much it costs, uh, it does a lot. Yeah, that's a jungle card, and it buffs all of your jungle stuff. All right, so uh, thanks, guys, for uh, listening today. Again, uh, you can follow us on all social media platforms. We have TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, just look up MTG Place. You should find it. Uh, I believe Twitter is a uh, underscore MTG underscore place. Um, and then we also have a TCG affiliate link, uh, which if you're in our Discord or you check out our website, uh, uh, mymtgplace.com slash my site, um, you will see the link for that there. Um, and then we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you search MTG Place, you can support us that way as well. Um, and always thank you for listening, and we hope you share it with your friends. Uh, if they need to, they can listen to it on Spotify or wherever podcasts are. You can literally just search MTG Place on almost any podcast app and you're going to find us. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for your continued support.